Hello everyone, my name is Kendall and welcome to Unofficial Book Club, where life and stories meet. And just like any book club, we'll only be spending half the time actually talking about books. In these episodes of this podcast, I will be sitting down with various guests to connect over who they are, their happiness, and lessons they've learned. I believe life is like a book. Each chapter is a piece of our development and growth with the good, the bad, and everything in between that ultimately makes up our story. Now, before we get started, I want to remind you that my guests and I will be sharing our own personal experiences and opinions throughout this episode and all future episodes. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode. And this week's guest is a friend of mine from high school, which when I say that out loud, it just sounds so old and so we were such children and such different people then, but I'm so glad that she has graced us with her presence. Please welcome Karina Velasquez. Welcome, Patty. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Don't make me feel old. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm thinking about it. I'm just like, it well okay for the audience Karina just got married in November of 2023 and that was like a real pivotal moment I can only imagine for you yeah but I was just like wow we've really known each other for like 15 years or so Mm -hmm. yeah it's really 10 years 15 I can't know I think it's it's been 10 years since oh my god what year did we meet 2008 no, it's got to be no, more. It's, it's been 10 years since I met all the shells. Yeah. So add like 13, 12, add six years, 16 years. Wow. 16 years. Wow. That's insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's insane. But I mean, I just, in that moment of you walking down the aisle, I just saw now 16 years just flash before us. And so I am just overwhelmed with how long we've known each other and how long at this point in our lives we've known other people like I think part of growing up that's like a weird thing to live and like acknowledge but like you said you're a part of that as I call them a cult you're a part (laughs) of that girl group the seashells and I've had many of those young ladies on here including my sister and I'm now I have one more left after you I told you and so then I will have had all of you Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I'm really glad that you got to interview all of them because I, I mean, I love them. We are a little yeah. bit like a cult. Them. <laughs> a little bit like a cult. You're also all such different individuals and so unique in your own ways. And so I'm very, very happy that I get a one-on-one with each of you to ask all these burning questions. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad. But to give the audience a little bit of background on who you are to me beyond the fact that we were we met our freshman year in high school we were both living in Bogota Colombia at the time and i think we were both very different people just physically then you were yeah. in an emo stage and i yeah. was wearing blue eyeshadow and like a bright orange aeropostale hoodie thinking <laughs> i was hot shit so we were very different people back then But I think the thing that has always stayed the same with you is that you are a very positive person, whether you think so or not, I think you radiate sunshine, like you're just positive, you're just smiley. I think even in your frustration, it's like your face doesn't know how to frown. Like, I truly think you're almost always smiling. 
you're like the golden retriever friend, you know, like how they have the golden retriever boyfriend online. I think you're just like, you radiate happiness and just smiles and almost like nothing bothers you, even though it does. And so I think for many, many, many years, I was like, things must come like very easy to Kati, like things seem to come easy or whatever hard work you put into it, you don't let others know that you're struggling. I think that's just like the impression I've always gotten. I'm so curious if this is like a Leo thing, because I get that <laughs> idea with Cassiel too. Mm-hmm. Except like on the inside, I'm still like that goth emo child. So like <laughs> on the outside, I'm a golden retriever, but I'm on the inside, like, I don't know, a black Pomeranian or something. <laughs> You're a skipper key. key? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a skipper key. That's the dog you are. Yeah. That's yeah. so funny. Moody little like dog with a big personality that's so funny so do you think that you've changed over time or you've always been like that um I feel like I've always I mean I've always been drawn to things that are like dark or I've always had an interest in things that are like gothic like I remember in middle school doing like wanting to do my history project on gothic architecture because I just Mm -hmm. thought it was so interesting and like even like in elementary school really liking like a series of unfortunate events because it was Mm -hmm. kind of like that weird like mix of I don't know yeah Victorian-esque like punk kind of feel yeah but um no I don't know I guess I I have always like been told that I'm a very smiley person and like (laughs) Some people get creeped out when I get angry and I just, I'm still like smiling and I'm like, I hate you. I hate this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I know I can, I can visually see you in a very frustrated state and still having like a, uh, some sort of smile. Like, I don't think I've ever seen you in the few moments that I've seen you really like lose your smile. It's like, you're really upset or you're really mad. Yeah. And that's not a fun place to be. No, that's <laughs> the point of no return. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so interesting in that. I mean, it doesn't shock me, but at the same time, like it does shock me with just the way that you like radiate and the way that you walk into a room is very smiley and happy and whatnot. So that's, that's interesting. That makes me feel better about myself. I feel like I'm such a negative person on the inside where I'm like, it's okay on the outside. Oh, no, <laughs> no, I would not. That's so funny. I would not think of you as a negative person. That's so funny. So then can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, whether it's what you do for work, what you're passionate about, whatever you would like to share with the audience? Yeah. Um, So like you mentioned, uh, we met in Bogota, Colombia. So growing up, I lived overseas a lot. Both of our families were in the State Department. So kind of moving around was generally part of life. Mm. Um, So I still really love to travel. I love experiencing new cultures and foods and, and just generally seeing new things um and I kind of have that like also aspect in my work like career life Mm -hmm. um I work for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service so it's kind of like the National Park Service but instead of like beautiful scenery and like history that we preserve it's wildlife Mm -hmm. uh, across the United States um so I do get to travel to a lot of really cool places across the U.S. um because national we like cover the National Wildlife Refuge System instead of national parks. So um, we have national wildlife refuges like everywhere from the South Pacific all the way up to Alaska to the Caribbean and Maine. So anything there is like 
I've been able to travel to like California, like Tahoe. Um, I got to go to Savannah. Mm -hmm. I really would like to go down and visit like our refugees in, the, in Hawaii and the Caribbean. Um, mm -hmm. I've gotten to go just on my personal time because my dad's from Puerto Rico. So uh, I went and visited two years ago. Um, cool. But yeah, so anything wildlife related, I love um, traveling and just like beautiful sceneries. So mm -hmm. that's kind of like my thing. So have you always been interested in wildlife like that? Or did it kind of surprise you? Because the traveling and the being wanting to be immersed in different cultures, like you said, it's been a part of your upbringing. And even like, I know that you've always said you wanted to travel. You've always wanted to like go to different places. And you've done a lot of that as an adult. The wildlife portion of it seems new to me almost and like mm -hmm. a surprise. I think it's so it's kind of funny you say that because like being interested in wildlife has been something that I've enjoyed ever since I was a little kid mm. but growing up in cities it's kind of like a secondary like you don't really get the opportunity to be like oh we're gonna play in my backyard with like you know worms right you don't have one yeah. so um no I didn't really get the opportunity to explore it as much when I was there in Columbia but the opportunities that we did get um like I remember in middle school we had this like I think it was called leadership or something. It was some sort of club that I joined and <laughs> we got to go to like camping um, or like the, the first week of class where they'd be like, Oh, we're doing a classroom without walls kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I always really enjoyed those. Cause like you get to go and like camp outside and like see the stars. And I always thought that was really cool. Um, but you know, a thing that you don't get to see in the city very often. Yeah. I was also super into Zabumafu as a child, like the yeah PBS show. Love Loved that. It. What a throwback. Yeah. I think my cat looks like Zabumafu with her weird <laughs> eyes. I really do. Oh my I gosh. Think, I really do. I have to send you a picture. Like there's a specific way her eyes go that she looks like. It's not even like cross-eyed. It's just like crazy. And she looks like Zabumafu, I think. But that's so interesting. She's all black, right? No, she's a tuxedo. She just like oh. has the white down the yeah. tummy or the paws. So you think she's black from most pictures and then surprise. <laughs> That's so it interesting. Like, reminded me of um, the toothless. Yes. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> yeah. That's what Roxy are. Yeah. Are yeah. Cats. I think she looks like toothless. Yeah. I guess Roxy more. So yeah. But no, yeah. I was always super into, into wildlife as a kid. I think my parents always, like when I was little, I was like, I like animals. I don't want to be a veterinarian, you know, like, yeah, everybody just kind of like thinks like, oh, you like animals? Like you're going to be a vet. It's like, I don't like yeah. medical things. Yeah. I, I just like observing them, you know, yeah. I like yeah. seeing them in their state, like what they do and how they act and react to the world. Mm -hmm. So no, I've, I've always enjoyed just kind of like watching animals, um, and like the outdoors, I think for me came a little bit more after college because, uh, you know, growing up in cities, you just don't have like much familiarity with like camping or yeah. hiking. Like it just mm -hmm. seems like such a barrier to entry of like, oh, you have to get all of the supplies and like yeah. hiking clothes, you know, to, to be outside. But like yeah. the more I've like blended into like this this the outdoor scene the more I'm like oh you really don't need that stuff like mm -hmm. it's just kind of an aesthetic that you yeah can go into but like it's yeah. not scary yeah well it's interesting um Kayla when she was a guest said something that 
I kind of will never forget. So shout out to her, but she said, you know, there are people that are outdoor people and outside people. Mm -hmm. And like the outdoor people are the ones that hike and want to be, you know, immersed in camping and, you know, are outdoorsy. Mm -hmm. And then the people that are outside people where being outside recharges you and like the sunlight and the, you know, whatever it is that you're doing outside, reading, tanning, whatever. And I think I am an outside person and not an outdoors person. And I always thought that those two things had to be the same. And so it's also the same way that I thought about people who are interested in wildlife. Like you said, you're either, you want to be a vet or you want to be like, uh, you know, protector of wildlife and it's yeah, like, like a, a biologist. Very, yeah. And yeah. you know, mm-hmm. advocacy comes into that. And, and so, and those people are usually very advocate for it, like from yeah. the beginning and mm-hmm. vegetarian. And it's just like this stereotype that comes with it. So it, and then not living in a city or always living in a city and not living in, you know, the countryside, all of those things make sense. And I never thought about it until you said that. Yeah, no, I, I remember because I think I listened to Kayla's like interview too. Mm-hmm. And that whole like outside person versus outdoor person, like very much resonated with me. And I think it's like, it's a spectrum. Like most things are, there's gray areas and everything. Mm-hmm. So you can like enjoy bits and pieces of both. And you, you know, times in your life, you like gravitate a little bit more towards like more mm-hmm. outdoors, gravitate a little bit more to just like, I just like, you know, my beach trip yeah. once a year kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So So of the places that you've lived or traveled to, do you have any that for the wildlife kind of stick out to you in like a memory or like a place? So last year I had the opportunity to um, like side tag a personal trip on a work trip. So I went up to Northern California with Allison, who was also Mm -hmm. on the podcast. Um, We went to, um, we drove from San Francisco up to the Redwoods and we made a stop in the middle. We like stopped a few times, but we made a stop to go see um, whale watching. And, but we didn't like go on a boat or anything. Like we just stopped on the side of the road on a cliff and like took out our binoculars and started looking the ocean. (laughs) Cause I was like, I Googled it and some people said that this is a really good spot. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, like 40% chance. I was like, maybe we'll see something. And so, like, we're standing there, like, looking at the seals, like, just, you know, watching what's going on. And then, like, all of a sudden, I see, like, a fin, like, a flipper kind of come out of the water. And I was like, oh, my God, did you see that? And it's just, like, this whole surreal surreal moment where you're just, like, and there's people, like, randomly, other cars will stop and go and stop and go. And uh, we stood there for an hour. Like, and the time went by like that, just watching like seals do their thing and then once we started watching the whales it was like five more minutes you know like 10 more minutes like yeah we'll just see if they do something else and then finally um the we were like eating our sandwiches or something and like a whale's tail fin came out of the water we're like we have to go see now so we ran out of the car like grabbed our binoculars we're like <laughs> stabilizing ourselves on this like sign and then we're like looking and this thing just like breaches and like psh, falls back and we're just like, oh my God. And like high five each other. And there's like a couple in a in a van like behind us that we're like, did you see that? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like a, a moment that you share with everybody that's around. And it's mm-hmm. it's just like it brings people together. Yeah. And it's it's just like out of this world. Yeah. 
No, whales are scary though. Like they're, yeah. it's insane. <laughs> like the water, yeah. the ocean itself is like a scary place, but it's something very just, they're these giant animals. And as like a human who you grow up being kind of other than pets, like the only being that's of that size. And then to see something else that's just twice as big as you and like mm-hmm. is just mind boggling in some ways. It's crazy. Like and animals that you wouldn't think or like that you're like, oh yeah, those are big, but you don't really have a concept of them. Like polar bears, for example, there's like anytime you get, to, I've never seen a polar bear, like for real mm-hmm. or like even at the zoo. Um, but I have seen like a taxidermy polar bear. Yeah. That, um, they're endangered species. So the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service confiscates things that are like, so there's a confiscated polar bear essentially Interesting. at the office. And like, it's standing up and this thing is like, I don't, you've seen like maybe a black bear, like just a large dog. And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh wow, that's pretty big. This thing is huge. I was just like, yeah, I could see how people would get mauled by that. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how I felt when I saw a grizzly bear, which Mm -hmm. funny enough, I was in San Diego in September and Allison, who you just mentioned, who lives in LA came down and we went to the zoo together. And we met right at the um, grizzly bear, you know, area. And like, I thought I knew how big a bear was. And then like the size of their paws alone, I was just like, it has made me very skeptical about whether or not I will go camping and in the woods (laughs) ever again. Like they're just huge animals. They're just huge animals. They are are insane. It's like, it's interesting too that you mentioned that, like about like the fear of like seeing one while you're out like at night camping or something. Cause it's just like that's like an you know, it's an issue of like people and wildlife like colliding. And it's like instances where you're like, okay, we're like sharing this space with like these huge animals. And it's like, what is the line? Like how safe, like or unsafe is yeah. this scenario kind of thing? So yeah. and then there's a lot of people out there that will like do things on purpose to attract animals and it's just like oh sometimes I want to say like how stupid could you be but at the same time (laughs) at the same time like I understand the appeal like they're so interesting they're so cool yeah you you feel special you know when you're in that presence and then like you once you started getting too close you start to realize okay okay I don't feel special anymore I feel threatened so yes That's exactly how I feel every time I have seen a video of like like a whale trainer at SeaWorld or Mm -hmm. Tiger King, you know, watching Blackfish Mm -hmm. or something like that. I just, I, you know, no offense to the animal trainers that work with them, like more power to you. I understand the interest and the desire, but like these are wild animals that we don't communicate with and like you think you have a bond in that and that's and not to say that you don't but like at the end of the day they have emotions and you know reactions just like any other living being and that's something you can't control and yeah that's scary that's a very scary thing yeah especially when they're like five times your size yeah yeah Mm -hmm. my cat turns around and hits me all the time I don't want (laughs) a grizzly bear hitting me like (laughs) a whole different experience so that just makes Mm -hmm. me nervous but I have to ask you what is your preferred 
outdoor space? Are you a beach and water person? Are you a forest? Are you a desert? Like what is your preferred place to be? I, um, I've always loved the beach. The ocean is like my happy place. Any place where it's like warm and I can get in the water. I, I think that's like my preferred landscape habitat kind of thing. Yeah. If we're just talking like visually, I enjoy seeing, I actually really enjoy swampy areas. (laughs) Like anywhere I can like see, um, cypress. Yeah. Cypress trees, the ones oh, that like, yeah. go into the, the swamp like that. Yeah, I think yeah. that's like the coolest. Yeah. Like I just want to okay. go kayaking in there and like see all the like fish swimming around the trunks and all that. The crocodiles. Like Yeah, I mean there's <laughs> alligators. Honestly, I I would still go kayaking even if they're alligators. I think alligators are really more opportunistic and like lazy animals than people think. Give them <laughs> they're credit not for. gonna come and get you. Like it's yeah. It's more of like a, if they feel threatened, they're going to mm-hmm. backlash or like run away. Mm-hmm. But like, if you keep your distance and let them know you're around, I, they're, you're in this huge, like 10 foot. Yeah. Like, yeah. In yeah. my head, kayaks are a lot easier to flip than like a canoe. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I would feel safer in a canoe than a kayak, but I no, I, I get canoe that. is easier to flip than a kayak. Really? I think it's because of your center of gravity is a little bit higher. Oh, that's true. Versus when I'm sitting in the kayak, I'm like lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You have more control. I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Wow, interesting. A swampy area. I do love them. So Savannah, Georgia must have been like a really great city for you. It has that landscape. It has such dark history, such dark Gothic architecture and like rich culture. That yeah. must have been a great I loved it there. I would move back in a heartbeat. I feel like Savannah was like one of my happiest places. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, okay. So this is also something that I think people that have moved several places can like identify with, but did you ever identify like you would move to a new place and it was like, I feel more at home here than like the last place I lived, like just by the surroundings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I, I never lived I say I never lived in Germany when my family was there because I was in college at the time mm-hmm. and the time that I did spend were months out of the year so every summer and Christmas time but every time we were there it was just like I landed and I was like calm and comfortable and I wanted to be immersed and I wanted to like be there and I felt like I could that I lived there like I just felt comfortable right yeah that's how I felt in Savannah actually mm-hmm. that's also kind of how I feel in Germany like <laughs> I, did, I used to live there when I was in kindergarten, but in first grade, but I do like, well, when I went back to visit Morgan, when your family was living there, it it's just like, there are certain places you feel more comfortable and you feel yeah. more like you belong. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like, like you haven't met a single person yet. It's yeah. just like the general vibe, the feeling that you get from the streets, from the like yeah. smell, the atmosphere is just, you feel yeah. more at home. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Um, I felt that way recently when I was in London, like Mm -hmm. I had in September, I had gone to San Diego and I wanted to see that city. It's a very cool city. I have a friend that lives there. And I was like, Oh, maybe I'd love to live here. Like have this life and vibe. And it was great. And I loved it. And I think I could live there. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if this is also as like a third culture kid or somebody that moves around a lot. If you ever feel this way where there's a lot of places I could live. And I could comfortably live for whatever time frame. 
but it was a different feeling than coming back to DC and feeling like, oh no, I'm, I'm home. I'm happy here. And then being in London for the last five days, I was like, oh, I could, I'm comfortable here. I want to live here. Like I'm, I'm good. Like I feel Mm -hmm. good here. And those are like different feelings, but I, I get that. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely something to say about coming back to your own established home and like Mm -hmm. understanding like, this is my comfy place. This is my couch. Mm -hmm. This is my bed. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. There's just something about like this Northern Virginia, DC area that has always rubbed me the wrong way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel as comfortable here as I do. Like, like I felt, I don't have that immediate attraction to this location as I did. Like when I visited Amsterdam, when I was, I was, mm. I was like, I have to move here. Like this yeah. is where I feel like I'm supposed to be. It's, I don't, it just feels yeah. more. And I think it's more of the lifestyle here that feels very like congested and like fast paced. Mm-hmm. Now, like fast paced for me is just like a word that I do not <laughs> want to see in a single like job posting I'm like yeah when I see that I'm like I'm not <laughs> no thank you yeah <laughs> that's funny um, yeah are you a, are you a, not a city person then would you say or are you oh, a secondary so, city person I know that's a new term I learned on TikTok there's like I could see that you know I think because I think Savannah is a secondary city yeah because it's I think, not I want to say like Austin is one or maybe it's mm-hmm. a third I don't know all the layers. I'm I'm sorry. I apologize to the audience, but there's like a thing about that. And people, I know like first layer or I don't know if it's primary city, whatever it is, are like LA and New York. And yeah. then secondary, I think is probably closer to like DC, Chicago, okay. and maybe the next layer is Austin and, you okay. know, Savannah. I don't know. I don't and know I what the layers are, but there's like various, yeah. you know, where there's still like such a rich, culture within Mm -hmm. that like I think of Richmond Virginia for example like I had no idea what it was like until my friend and sister went there for college and I was like wow this city has so much life and culture and just vibrance to it that nobody would know about and you could have just like the most fulfilled life here you know I, I love those smaller cities I feel like like big city for me, like New York, LA, it's a little overwhelming and also very, it's almost, it feels like if you see so many people, but you don't feel as connected with so much with people, but those smaller cities, I think you get an opportunity a little bit to build more of a community. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you know? Yeah. No. There's plenty and of I, people that build community in those big cities too. So that's true. And mm-hmm. I think those people do very well for themselves. I also think they're probably cities and this is going off of no data other than my own experience, but I mm-hmm. think of certain cities like DC is such a transient city because it's so, there's so much state department and government and, you know, embassy jobs here that like the people you see are coming and going, including yourself and like your families. And so that's, also a big part of it where that just is so much of it I think you know I agree I feel like and I working for another federal agency now I see it too as like a lot of people come to DC to get like those extra like steps in their Mm. ladder or whatever federal ladder they're climbing yeah um and then you know after they spend a couple of years they're like okay peace out I'm going back to whatever other place yeah 
I think building a social life here has been very hard in the years that I've lived here. I like the city itself. I love DC. It's a walkable city. It has so much history and socially it's been harder because for many reasons, and those are many of them. But I also think the hustle and bustle that the United States has versus other countries that have a different way of life and, you know, pace is Mm -hmm. also contributes to it. And so that's probably why you like somewhere like Amsterdam, or you would like somewhere like Madrid or something else, you know, Mm -hmm. Lisbon, for example. Yeah. Where you went to high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Lisbon, Amsterdam, um, what else? I I really liked going to New Zealand. Um, Mm. I liked Auckland a lot. Although that's like Mm. a, a bit of a bigger city, but it was very, it had a, I was surprised, but also then when I thought about it, I was like, oh, duh. There were so many hey, beauty stores. I was Ooh. like, so, so I was like, oh my God, I need to like, buy all of my sunscreens. And <laughs> but yeah. I was like, well, they're so close. They're, yeah. you know, very yeah. close to Asia. So, yeah. Okay. So you just went to New Zealand for your honeymoon. And so you really liked it. That's, I mean, let's talk about nature and yes. landscape. Oh. Jeez insane yeah the amount of diversity that there is in those two islands is insane you see like you can go from seeing being at the beach and watching dolphins to like being up in a rainforest and like amongst the clouds and then all of a sudden you're in a glacier it's like that's crazy wild to me Yeah, yeah it's the amount of diversity there is crazy yeah and for your bachelorette you went to iceland which you'd yeah. been to before, but you went with your group of girls and like mm-hmm. that talk about landscape as my sister yeah. comes back going, it's like another planet. It looks like another planet. <laughs> it, does. it really does. That's like the impression that I got the first time I went to is like, you just like can't imagine, like you understand now why people go there to shoot movies that are set in Mars, you know, it's like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, yeah. What an cool. interesting like parallel. Yep. Nope. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, I love yes. it. It's magical, honestly. It's on my list of somewhere I'd always love to go to. Mm. Other than, you know, the outdoors and wildlife and this part of your career, what are some of the other things that you're passionate about? My friends, mm-hmm. <laughs> my free time. I'm very protective of like mm-hmm. my, just like my free time. I like to like ha- spend time hanging out with my friends whenever I can and like my family and making sure that like I am like really relaxed or like I have my chill time you know yeah and I do that well I I do that by spending time with my friends like just chatting or whatever mm-hmm. but um over the last couple of years me and Allison and Morgan have been playing a lot more video games online which I I've heard at first was like I don't know well not I've played video games like throughout my childhood and everything, but I'd never played them online. And ever since Allison moved, it's like such an easy way to keep in contact, but also feel like you're doing something else. And you don't have to like, it's, I don't have to like schedule in time to like make a phone call or anything. I'm just like, oh, I see you're playing. Do you want to play? <laughs> like Aww. kind of thing. So um, it's been pretty like double like double dipping of like, oh, I get to play this game. And I also mm-hmm. get to catch up with my friends. So I love doing that. Mm. Do you find that you need a lot of 
alone time to recharge? Are you that kind of a person? I, it, yes. Yeah. I do yeah. recharge with my alone time and it depends on like who I'm spending my time with. Mm-hmm. So like these next couple of months, actually over the next like four weeks, I have a lot of in-person meetings at work, like a lot of heavy networking with like big groups. And I know come March, I'm going to be zapped. So March, I'm like trying not to schedule anything because I just, the networking is like, (laughs) can be so overwhelming. Yeah. It's like my least favorite thing. I just, Mm -hmm. I always say that at, at work where I'm like, look, I'm happy to be behind the scenes helping put anything together I don't want to do the face-to-face I don't want to that's just not where I yeah I don't mind it like I don't mind it if I'm talking about things that I understand and like feel Mm -hmm. passionate about like if I have to lead a tour that like shows kids waterfowl on the coastline whatever that's fine I'm cool like talking about the benefits of grassland habitats to a bunch of 60 year olds yeah but when it comes to like networking with people that are like higher up for me and like we're talking about major like policy and like just stuff that Mm -hmm. like goes on in DC I get very like out of my element I'm just like I just want to talk about like (laughs) like what are you doing after work kind of thing at that point I'm just like I don't know (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. A little bit of an imposter syndrome and mm-hmm. it comes in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You've described some of the things that you're passionate about. Now, can you give me a definition or your definition of happiness and some of the things that make you happy? Oh, yeah. Okay. So for me, happiness is, I think, freedom to do whatever you want. Like, I'm my happiest when I have a day that's just like empty and I get to choose whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say like even on my travel time, I like to I just like to be able to choose whether or not I'm gonna actually go out and like be like social and yeah. do all of the cultural tours and everything versus just like having the freedom to be like, you know what, today I'm exploring the inside of my Airbnb and that's <laughs> as far as I'm going. Mm-hmm. So um I'd say just like the ability to choose and and do what you feel comfortable with, whatever, you know, whatever you're feeling at that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think I find happiness in very, like very different ways, depending on my mood. And it's just, I'm happy when I get to choose what I want to do based on how I'm feeling. Ooh, yeah. The autonomy of that. Yeah. So what are some of the things that make you happy beyond the things that you listed that you're passionate about? Cause I can only imagine they also make you happy. Yeah. Um, I paddle boarding. I got mm. a, like a stand up paddleboard, like an inflatable one. I, I love going out there just like sitting on it, laying on it, standing on it. Like you don't just have to stand on it. <laughs> yes. I love paddleboarding. I also didn't realize that it's apparently very hard to stand up and I like can do it very easily. Yeah. 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 It's, I think ladies have an easier time. Yeah. Center of gravity is I think a little lower. <laughs> I know. I, I really enjoy just like laying there and it's like, it's, it's like the benefits of just like laying on a beach, but also you're like kind of moving with like the water and it just mm-hmm. feels very relaxing. Have you ever and surfed? I have a little bit, but I, I tried surfing when I lived in Portugal, um, 
which is like really well known for like good surf spots. Yeah, big waves. <laughs> yeah, huge waves. I never went up to like, um, oh man, what's it? Nazare. That's where like, I think they've gotten some really insane like mm. swells. But um, I, I tried my hand at surfing. I basically just was like, popped up a little bit and like squatted on the board and then I fell off. So <laughs> I haven't really stood or anything. Is that but... something you'd like to try more of or is that? Yeah, I actually, so I, I tried where well, I rented a surfboard the last time we were in the Outer Banks, but we like rented the surfboard and then went to the beach and they're like, sorry guys, red flag day. Like you can't surf. <laughs> I'd be like, great. Can I get my money back? I did. I did go. Oh, good. I did get my money back. Yeah. That's so funny. Mm -hmm. So then what are some of the things that you're most proud of? Ooh, um, man, I'd say probably, I think so far, just like finding a job that I, or finding a career that I'm really like passionate about. I'm very proud of myself for following in, like following with my goals in this because when I first started, it was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find a full-time job in this. Like there are people that, you know, intern, intern for years, like they're five, 10 years into trying to find a, a full-time gig with like conservation. And it's just, it's really hard. But um, I think I, I, it's like partially luck and like also keeping up with some of the contacts that I had when I was an intern. So I like, give myself props for that. But I also like, like my parents instilled in me that it's like extremely important. So they're like, always like, make sure that you keep up with your network. Like those bosses are going to help you find a job. Like they're going to be the ones that know what's coming up. And yeah. Yeah. I was always told that. And I just, that part of jobs and like, and, like networking, like we just said, like that stresses me out. That makes me uncomfortable. It does. I mean, yeah. it, it is like, it doesn't, it's hard. And it's also like this, I don't like dealing with like people that are like higher up, like even in, in my like social circles, yeah. I've always been friends with people that are younger than me. Like, I, this same. Is just, like, what does that say about us? I don't know. I mean, I kind of know, but like, I, I'm not good with people in authority and like that are I, I just get nervous. Like, I'm like, I have to put on a good fit. Like I have to put on a second self so that I can impress people so that I'm not like, mm. I don't you like know. the psychoanalyzing you're doing. I'm feeling very attacked right now. <laughs> oh, no. well, I never thought about it like that, but it, but it makes sense. Cause I think the social moments at my jobs, when I'm talking to people that are like my parents age or more like stress me out. Cause I'm like, mm -hmm. what do I have? to give like what do I have to share like your kids right. are my age like what do I have do you think of me as a child like yeah that's uh, interesting I'm also like you have like 10 15 20 plus years experience on me like what am I going to know that you don't already know or like yeah. I feel like I'm going to be like speaking out of my ass essentially just like yeah. to impress you which I don't want to do because mm -hmm. I don't want to look like a fool yeah. but then so like the more though that I've talked to these people that are like in positions of like authority and power, the more I realize that like there are a lot of it's confidence. Like a lot of the things oh, sure. that they, yeah, exactly. 
the they're like they have gone to this place that they're in through the experiences that they've had but at the same time like they don't know everything like why why to assume <laughs> they know everything of, of like more than I do yeah and it's always interesting to like I was in a meeting today and one of my like coworkers who's like uh, you know above me was like well you know Karina like you know a lot more about this than like I do and you're like the expert on graphics like what would you and I was just like oh, god I'm the expert <laughs> I was just like well like I I, you know I have to take it with like some pride but also I have to be like humble and being like okay I don't know everything but like I think we could be doing this better and there are things that like they really appreciate my opinion on and I I I little by little gain like more confidence in myself Mm -hmm. through those interactions but yeah it is interesting to like tell myself like you got to mellow out like they're not here to like criticize every little thing you do and they're not like they don't know everything yeah and most people as I've been told countless times are thinking about themselves anyway that like Mm -hmm. you really don't matter as much as you think you do Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. I, I try and tell myself that a lot too yeah so has there ever been a moment in your life that changed the trajectory of where you thought your life was going I mean, a lot of things. I feel like, like, there are moments in my life where there have been huge opportunities that I've let go that I, there are times where I'm like, I wonder what would have happened, like, if I had Mm. taken that job, or like, if I had continued on with this, like, life trajectory. Mm. Um, But then, like, you know, when you do that, you, like, you discount, like, all the things that you've done, and, like, the accomplishments that you've you've had over the years yeah. but um no there have been like times where like just thinking back on little things too like like even meeting Drew for example um my husband her husband yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um we met in college and I was taking this class it was a uh, story design for video games Mm. And I was a video ma- major, so I was a screenwriting concentration. But anyway, so I had to take this class. And I was like, literally the last day of our, our course. It was really sick. I had a cold. But it was the last day. And this professor was like, one of those professors where you're like, I have a feeling it's the last day of class. And if I don't show up, they're going to be he's going to be like, oh, extra credit for everybody that showed up on the last class. Yes. Yes. So I was like, I gotta go. So I pulled myself out of bed and I like put on a beanie and like sweatpants and I just go. And I don't, I didn't live on campus. I drove my ass all all the way to class. So I, um, I get to class and like, you know, everything's normal. We didn't get any extra credit or anything. (laughs) You're like, why am I here? Yeah. But, um, I had this feeling like at the end of class, I was like, I feel like, I feel like that guy wants to talk to me. And so, and like I had seen him like in passing between like breaks and whatnot. Um, so like I stuck around like a little bit outside after class and like chatted with one of my my classmates, my friends. Um, and then he came up to me and was like, "Hey, um, I was wondering if you wanted to like you know go get lunch sometime or whatever." And I was just like, "I knew I had a cue." <laughs> and like, I, I, I was supposed to be here. Yeah. 
I was like, I could have definitely just like avoided it and been like, I'm sick. I'm not going in. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I literally never would have seen him again. So yeah, after that semester too. um, No, I had, did I have one more semester? Yeah, I think I had one more semester and then I went to Disney. But no, I went right after that. It was like, I met him spring, end of spring semester, got accepted into the Disney college program, did that. Yeah. The following. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm, so Good for Drew. Lock I know. that down. <laughs> and here no. we are like a decade later. Exactly. That's I crazy. can't believe how long it's been, but no, yeah. it's, it's been like, it's crazy too. Like in your twenties, like your friends and like the people that are in your lives go with you through so much thick and thin. It's like the amount of turmoil that you go through trying to figure out what you want to do with your life, like, and still kind of here through it. Yeah. As a 30 year old now, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Just pulling that card. No, um, no, I agree. I also think like go in and out, like the ebbs and flows of life as you're trying to figure out who you are, who you want to be, what part of you, you want to keep striving for what you don't like Mm -hmm. that is very difficult. And I think I, I give a lot of props to the friendships that can grow together, however they do. And the ones that don't, that's okay as well. But like, it's crazy, crazy. Yeah. I mean, there, there are definitely friends, like friends you make in circumstances where you're just like, they're, you know, for one reason or another, like you move to another city or like you don't work at that position anymore, whatever you kind of fall out with. And then there are friends that you're just like, these people are, are like connections that I'm never going to lose. Mm -hmm. Like for whatever reason, like we just click. Yeah. You're like tethered together by some invisible string. No, I like, I thank my lucky stars all the time that I have like all of the friends that I do (laughs) because I don't know what I would do without them. Yeah. I also, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think for a very long time, quantity was something I thought I had to have. And at the end of the day, I think quality is what's most important. And you, I just had this like image of having a lot of friends or a big social group or something. And now I'm like happiest with the people that matter versus the quantity of people that I'm around. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's also, I mean, like people moving too has, like never affected me well not 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 affected me as a child but like we would move all the time and like new friends every two or three years Mm -hmm. I've had the same friends for the last 10 years Mm -hmm. and having like them move to different cities has been hard like we've been able to keep in touch online yeah you know playing video games yeah um but it's so much harder making friends as adults and you're like like the amount of time that I have my own free time is so precious to me that I'm like, do I want to use it on like trying to build new relationships, new friends, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I have worked very hard or I'd like to think my friends can maybe disagree, but I'd like to think that I've worked very hard on trying to keep those friendships that when they moved like a whole other city, because I know what that's like on my end that it's like, okay, then I'll schedule our FaceTime or, you know, whenever I get to see you, like I I'll try, 
Like mm-hmm. if this is the only time you have, like I'll be there because I I know what it's like. And I think also there's some level of like comfort to that, or maybe you're just used to it where it's like, nope, we'll be fine. Like, I'm not that worried. Like we'll, if it works, it works. Yeah. We'll make it work. I'm used to this move all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, like the avenues that we have for making friends, like being at the same school don't apply anymore, especially yeah. to like, and I've had this converse like internal conversation a lot uh, external too with people mm-hmm. but like the idea of remote work versus in the office work and like the ability to form connections with your coworkers in person versus online has been like very I don't know there's like a lot of gray area there I mm-hmm. I haven't made any friends at like I so we have this thing at our work it's called like a Gallup poll and every year at the like every two years we do this poll and on one of the questions it's like do you have a best friend at the office and every year I answer no because That's so rude oh um, I've never heard anything more inappropriate for work like that is horrific that is like high school picking like teammates for dodgeball that is horrific I love your take on this because I actually like I hate it I hate it Scotty because I would pick no I wouldn't I usually find like one person and we just like click mm-hmm. but so but rude. to say a best friend right like yeah that's a strong opinion yeah so I I think they're trying to mean it in a way where it's like I have a yeah. confidant at work that I can like vent to and feel mm-hmm. comfortable talking with about anything yeah work life whatever yeah but I just like there's it's hard like there's a lot of people that you just you either will like very much a small kind of organization and like I work in the like headquarters office of the chief where everybody is like almost at retirement age and it's just like I yeah. want you know I don't want to be biased but at the mm. same time, like we're at completely different stages in our lives. Like, yeah, I just don't feel like I no. can relate as much, you know? No, for sure. That's so interesting though. Cause I don't feel the need for that. Like, I think I've always, no, that's not true. I feel like having worked in retail or a sales position like that and been in an environment that was very messy and drama filled as sales associates and environment can be. Mm-hmm. I think when I went into like a more corporate, you know, setting, I wanted a separation of church and state. Like mm-hmm. I did not want to make, I didn't really want my social life to exist within work. I think having a nice confidant and a friend and people that you care about and trust is great. And I have had those and I'm very fortunate to have had those. But other than them, like I, I've never wanted to find my social circle there. I want my social circle to be outside of that for many reasons. Like you said, there's people we're at different stages in our lives. A, B, it's where I work. It's weird. And C, like I want to be able to come home and be in a different place. Yeah. So. No, that's fair. I just, I, this is also probably like slightly unhealthy, but like my work for me is like, I'm so... 
I get so wrapped up in it that it's unhealthy. Like I know it is. <laughs> so I, there are times where I'm just like, look, I, I really need to se- separate myself from like conservation. You work. do, especially because I can only imagine there are some parts of it that are sad and like difficult uh-huh. and frustrating. And so you should be able to separate it. Yeah, <laughs> I get it's it's a problem though. Like I I used to. So when I was in visitor services, like as a park ranger, I get like really wrapped up, like very overwhelmed and like, am I doing enough for the community? And like, I don't think like I, you know, I would spend yeah. my own money on, on my job so that I could like have, you know, they're like just, help. yeah, help people and like help out with programs and things. And it's like, it's those public service it's like teachers, you know, where you're like, I'm doing this because I love the yeah. people that I serve and like yeah. the that you can sometimes start to fall yeah. and fail on, on your yeah. care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then what are you doing other than connecting with your friends and playing video games to take care of yourself and relieve those stress and disassociate? I've, well, okay. I've been like, I used to get really like, wrapped up in the fact that I felt like everything fell on me like I have to do this I have to be the one to like make the initiative to start this project or like to reach out to these partners I don't do that anymore (laughs) that seems like a very eldest child thing because I think that that resonates with me and I I've seen you have that Mm -hmm. thought or reaction throughout a lot of things (laughs) it's like it's it's those like good leadership qualities that you don't want to lose, but then yeah. like those things that you're like, look, you're draining yourself and you mm-hmm. really need to like not be taking the initiative sometimes. Sometimes it's good to say no to yeah. a request, you know? Yeah. So I got to say no this week. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I'm putting my like it's not necessarily a new year's resolution because I've been trying okay. to work this for years, but I got to put it into use this week. So I I love that. Connecting these dots, Mm -hmm. what are some big lessons that you've learned throughout life, whether it's saying no or Mm -hmm. another one or one that you're still learning? I'm still, I'm still learning how to balance my, my passion for my career with my life and like making sure that they don't overlap too much. Um, it, like if you interviewed Drew, he'd probably be like, "Yeah, she's way too into her job. <laughs> <laughs> she's like way too into the fish and wildlife service. Like she should probably like just leave." <laughs> but funny. I don't know. It's, I I I. It's like a love hate relationship, and in the fact that like I just I care too much, but at the same time, I got to care about myself more. So I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn more on how to like, to set those boundaries. And I think yeah. I'm doing a better job. I'm doing a way better job than when I started. So <laughs> I'll, I'll just look, take a trip down memory road and like pat myself on the back. There you go. That's funny. But yeah, learning uh, other lessons learned though, are like that networking thing of like making mm-hmm. sure you keep those connections. Um, sometimes like, <sighs> just like learning when to to like let something go where you're just like trying to make trying to make something happen at work or like in life where you're just like you keep on pushing and pushing and pushing and you're just like I am like exerting so much effort in this area of like 
trying to build this partnership or trying to yeah. start this new like avenue of like making like making I don't know a certain project that fit like happen and you're just like look there isn't a budget for it that people don't seem to be like into this idea and you can either go one way like I can you know put all of my effort into it and I'm gonna like ride solo on this or I can just like let it go be like okay you know maybe we can pick this up again in the future but clearly like this is not doing you good to like dwell on that's this. a great one so, Ugh, I don't know how exactly to do that but that's a good one to think about as I'm yeah. like trying really hard or forcing something is that like sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to let it go yeah so then what does a good life look like to you oh for me um I've like gone through this a few times, like in different iterations of my life. There there are times where I'm like, I feel like I should just do something completely unrelated as like for work. I don't know, like be a librarian or just, you know, something random that I'm like, Mm -hmm. I still enjoy this. And like, I find fulfillment in it, but it's not like wrapping me up like it does conservation. But like, I've tried, I tried doing that and it did not work for me. I just, I think I'm, I like have to be a hundred percent aligned in like the mission of whatever company I'm looking for that, like, like I tried being a travel agent, for example. And, but I have said that I love travel. I love helping people organize their trips and like figure out how to, you know, save money or like get as much out of your itinerary as possible. I couldn't do it because I was just like, I can't do something that like is too monetary. Like it was very much, how many clients do you have? Like, are you making more connections? Are you reaching out? Are you making cold calls? I hate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't so much about the planning and being a service to someone and helping them out as it was like sales and yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean like that job, I could easily disconnect and like put it away after five Mm -hmm. o'clock essentially but there was just something gnawing at me, like with the fact that I, <laughs> that the like corporate aspect of it, that I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Yes. I have to, I have to do something that I like. Yeah. I feel like I'm putting good into the yeah. world as in like doing something for climate change or like helping people like that need help essentially. Yeah. We are finally at the end of our time, which means I get to ask my favorite question. Mm-hmm. Katty, what would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> what would I do? Oh, uh, there's like so many things. I like partially want to, okay, two things actually. If I knew I couldn't fail, I quit my job and start making videos on like wildlife and like following park rangers around and like biologists to see what they do. Okay. You can Um, still do that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Believe me. I've been like working on the finances to figure it out. (laughs) Um, two completely unrelated. I would love to have like a B and B where I like, I like have rooms where people stay and like, I get to greet people and like, you know, I just change the linens and like, feed people and like I don't know great yeah. people around the world I just think that would be the cutest like I don't know I, I imagine like Dawson's Creek 
sister. Or not the street who owns the B&B. That's funny. Like, Man, that would be sick. Or like in, in uh, Gilmore Girls, like working at the hotel. Yeah. yeah. I think you could do that. I also can see you then picking a place which the wildlife is very prominent and very lively and you would be able to take people out on tours oh and all that like I could see that okay oh well that's God. what that's I'm... what you and Drew are doing in retirement obviously yeah I'm gonna get like a old Victorian house in like yeah. northern California and I will just direct people to be like this trail is closed today and this yeah. you can go see like whales off of this point <laughs> And you can hire Morgan, my sister, to be yeah. the geologist that mm-hmm. tells people about the rocks on the hike. Yeah. And then occasionally she'll make like lemon bars for everybody. There you go. Yeah. Honestly. Mm-hmm. And you'll just have a bunch of cats and dogs running around. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, that's Those are two good answers. I know. Super picturesque. Like, I yeah. love. And yeah. achievable. Those are, you could do those. Oh, 100%. I love that. Yeah. Hattie, thank you so much for being here, for giving me any ounce of your free time which I know is so precious as we've talked about no problem I love talking this I was I've been looking forward to this for a year so (laughs) I know I had this I had to space all you girls out and Mm -hmm. pair you um but yeah I I think these conversations every time I have them with people that I know very well I feel like I still learn something new and I still get like some sort of deep insight that I didn't have before And I just got that with you. And I'm very fortunate and happy to have gotten that. I'm glad. One day I'll have to like turn the tables on you and like. Ask me all these questions. Yeah. (laughs) All these deep questions. Mm -hmm. There was was a lot. (laughs) I know. There's so many and I never get to ask all of them. But it is fun being introspective though. Like yeah. journaling, like as you know. I, yeah. yeah. That yeah. was one of the things I didn't talk about. I the fact it. that you journal, yeah. You yeah. always had journals. They're all back there too. Oh my gosh. 2008 and on. Oh my God. Do you read them? Sometimes. They're really bad. Yeah, I know. So I bad. can't reread mine. <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable. Cuddy, thank you so much for being here. And everybody stay tuned because she will be back for a book club episode later on this week. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to Unofficial Book Club where life and stories meet. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts and follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Unofficial Book Club Pod. And join the Unofficial Book Club on the Fable app. Please don't forget to rate and share with all of your friends. Until next time, bye everyone.